In fact, if you pull all of humans who ever lived, going all the way back to, say, the bang, like less than 1% of all humans who have ever lived believe there was even a soup, much less a human ancestor called the man molecule. Hello! And welcome to, once again, why are we talking about rabbits? That's this podcast that's aimed at folks like you who maybe are like Neo. In the Matrix, you guys feel, I know I do, a deep sense of dislocation. On this pod, we talk about heavy things, but we do it lightly. We use theology, history, philosophy, years of deeply immersive experiences in foreign cultures. That's First Things Foundation, the people who produce this. And we do this to figure out, how did we get here? This is a podcast where we don't talk about rhetorical rabbits produced on the internet over and over again. We go deeper and we can just dig into contemporary culture. My name's John Hears. First Things Foundation is our work. Check us out. But most of all, let's figure out why are we talking about rabbits? This is episode 44 this is evolution. Is it the light people creation story? And this is part one of two parts, I think. Maybe we'll get it all done right now. We're here today without a producer. Uh, these guys, what are they working? Are they working? Andrew, are you guys working? Like just getting stuff done? I want to thank them. I want to thank you all for listening because guess what? It's it's this momentum thing is happening. People are starting to like uh, what we do. Like the comments, people like Uncle Seth, people like what we're trying to do, which is unite these two worlds through service. But the two worlds that we're most interested in are the, the worlds that reside inside of you, the split worlds that have been created largely, I think, because of what we might call, it, call the light people revolution. If you're wondering what light people is on this show, light people are people of the enlightenment. They can be any color you want them to be, but it's people who have imbibed, like myself, a high degree of rationalism, scientism, and perhaps most of all, individualism. The light people revolution, it's real, man, and we're investigating it by looking at old world and new world concepts. In the old world, you don't see as many light people manifestations. That's the concept on this show. Today, we talk about evolution. We should probably talk about it for about the next 431 episodes. There is no way to cover this. It's massive. But today, we're going to intro it. And then next week, we're going to try to get deep into the philosophy and figure out, is evolution a light people creation story? Like the Jaguars for the Mayans. Is there... Is that what's happening here? So is there anything more light person, though, than the theory of evolution? I I'm being serious. I can't think of anything except maybe the combustible engine. Light people love that. And the 401k. I feel like light people really love the 401k. I mean, the whole concept that a molecule became an ape and an ape became me. And I'm becoming, say, an internet robot or something. Yeah, and that none of these four me's knows why we became apish or robot-ish 
like it was all random and that nobody can really know why this is happening except for maybe Elon Musk. Yes, evolution. What a concept. It feels like only like pinky in the brain, but the brain part, the little brain creature could have done evolution as a concept. It feels very light person to me, but do I have this right? Do I have this right? It feels like I mangled the definition in my intro right there. And for comedic purposes. And Andrew, I want you to insert a lot of laughter right here. I feels like I'm being a little unfair, disingenuous maybe. So let's look at an actual definition provided by light people that covers evolution. This one's from a preeminent light person and a University of Chicago professor of biology and atheist extraordinaire Jerry Coyne. Yeah. He sums up biological evolution like this. You can find him all over the internet. Here's what he says. Life on Earth evolved gradually, beginning with one primitive species perhaps a self-replicating molecule that lived more than 3.5 billion years ago and then branched out over time, says Jerry Coyne, throwing off many new and diverse species and the mechanism for most, but not all, of evolutionary change is natural selection. Unquote. Hmm. Self-replicating Cating molecule 3.5 billion years ago. It's a neat quote. It's a neat quote. It helps us understand evolution from an evolutionary person's, light person's point of view. Want to hear from Charles Darwin? If you know about evolution, you know Darwin kind of kicked the thing into motion in history, which we'll look at during this two-part extravaganza. (coughs) Charles Darwin, what does he say? He says in the or on the origin of species his book in 1859 he says while talking about black bears north american black bears which were known to apparently catch insects by swimming in the water with their mouths open like above the water swimming 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 catching insects he said about black bears quote i can see no difficulty in a race of bears being rendered by natural selection more aquatic in their structure and habits, with larger and larger mouths, till a creature was produced as monstrous as a whale. Mm -hmm. The bear becomes a whale. From bear to whale, and there you have it, species being changed over time. That's Darwin. Just giving you an idea of how evolution is presented by evolutionary people and revolutionary people. Here's Friedrich Nietzsche. Yeah, German philosopher from the turn of the 20th century, about 100 years ago, a little bit more. And he began to tell anyone who would listen that the old world was dead. Here's what he wrote about evolutionary theory. Quote, Nietzsche is a poet. Listen to this. Evolution, ah, yes. Those doctrines of sovereign becoming, of the fluidity of all concepts, types, and kinds. Ah, a 
evolution, the doctrines of the lack of any cardinal distinction between human and animal. Ah, yes, the doctrines of evolution that I hold to be true and deadly. Unquote. I could read it again. It's so poetic. The doctrines of that lack any cardinal distinction between human and animal. Nietzsche, getting at it. Yeah, that's helpful. These are light people, right? They're all people who are part of this rationalist revolution that we're a part of. You're in it, I'm in it. And they're light people, right, who kind of understand that this is a revolutionary idea and they're pushing it. And Nietzsche above all, understands that this thing's about to burn itself down. In other words, if you really buy that, that sovereign becoming is possible, sovereign, free becoming, you can become whatever you want. If you really buy that, that seems really true and also deadly to culture. Well, right? These are light people telling us about evolution. But philosophy aside, I think most of you kind of get what evolution is. It's been an American school mantra for the last 100 years. You pretty much were taught the principles of Darwinian evolution like around the clock in your little wooden desks in all forms and guises. Just think about it. The entirety of our educational language is about what you will become one day. I mean, you know the phrase, what do you want to be when you grow up, when you evolve? This is evolution writ small, as in the heart of little kindergartners. But the whole notion of change over time towards something more beautiful, this is definitely evolutionary thinking, and it does not exist in the old world. At least it didn't, not like that. It didn't, I'm telling you. It took revolutions, revolutions of the mind, and then some bayonets in America and in France. These were like brand new ideas, and they're all utopian in nature. Evolution is a thing, but has it always been a thing? Before we find out the history of evolution, though, I just want to pitch a little something from the guys you know as First Things Foundation. That's us. That's the producer of this thing called Watar. Why are we talking about rabbits? We are looking for field directors for the fourth quarter of 2021. That's this year. The world, you see, it seems to be falling headlong into something like disaster, or you could even say, while at the same time falling for and toward something called comfort culture. Not that everyone is comfortable, but the comfortable life has become the epitome of a meaningful life. John the Savage from Huxley's Brave New World is perhaps the avatar of today's restless dissident. Quote, I don't want comfort. That's what John the Savage says. I want God. I want poetry. I want real danger. I want freedom. Something like a splinter in the mind is itching at all of us with the idea that we weren't meant for this. We're meant for more than just comfort. But how to break from this cultural paradigm of pleasure and consolation... One way is to join First Things Foundation. Come and serve in the field. Give up two years of your life. Serve local people. People who live hard, but who live hard toward their strivings, toward their vision of a better life. Pull alongside them. Join us and help us 
help them build projects that matter. Yeah, all while addressing the damn splinter in your mind. Let's go. FTF, creation demands sacrifice. Write Daniel Paternos at firstthings.org. You can find his email on our website. Check it out. Or you can check in the show notes. All right, back to the history of evolution. So, you know, the theory of evolution, evolutionism, has a past. How many people have believed in evolution? Like, how many people have dug down on this and said, yeah, that's me? Let's first look at some old world numbers from a poll done in my mind only just a couple of minutes ago. Want to? It's science. It's like the lidometer, right? The poll done in my mind only moments ago tells me that exactly 0% of Italians living on the Apennine Peninsula in 1000 AD believed in evolution. Mm-hmm. 0% of Italians living 1,000 years ago believed in evolution. Zero. Here's another poll. This poll was taken in China, say around 200 BC, like 2,000 years ago. Exactly zero Chinese humans responded yes when asked if they believed in evolution. Of those who responded, 100% favored the mandate of heaven over the notion of a primordial cesspool. Yep, that's a poll from China. And here's a really neat number from an old Algonquin Pew Research poll. That's right, the Algonquin Indians. This poll comes from about 1607, the year before the English arrived in town. 0% of Algonquin men under or over the age of 20. And 0% of Algonquin women living sometime between their birth and their death believed that human beings evolved naturally especially from a molecule in a goop called primordial. That's right. Zero percent of all Algonquin men and women believed in evolution. That's zero. In fact, if you pull all of humans who ever lived, going all the way back to, say, the bang, Like less than 1% of all humans who have ever lived believe there was even a soup, much less a human ancestor called the man molecule. That's right. Less than 1% have ever believed in the man molecule theory of evolution. That's right. And if you do believe that, then you are the new 1%. That's right. You are, ironically, the tip of the evolutionary spear, the same tip that believes that they, you, are the finest possible thing nature could possibly produce. You, me, as the tip of the spear, it's funny because we love and respect the property of sharpness. What a shocker. What am I saying? That's right. Modern man, the light people, believe in evolution because evolution tells them they are the tip of the evolutionary spear. I believe in that too. Yeah, I hear some of you saying, though, that wasn't fair. That was dumb, what I just did. Why are you hating, John? 
Well, I'm not hating. I'm giving you numbers from the past as pertains to a belief in evolution. You can take my numbers to the bank. I'm not kidding. You can't. People didn't think human beings evolved from molecules before the light people revolution of the 17th century. They just didn't. But they did believe in variation. Variation was a thing, to be sure. Derivation and variation, for sure. But evolution, as we've heard it presented just now by Professor Coyne up in Chicago, yeah, that wasn't believed by people before Darwin. And it's probably because they're all idiots. It's kind of hard to push that. There's a lot of smart people from before that. Yeah, yeah. But what about today? How do the numbers on belief in evolution look today? Like in 2021 DC. That's during COVID. Well, from the Atlantic magazine, which I kind of like, to be honest, it's well done. We learned that in any given room filled with 100 self-identifying scientists, well, 98 of those people in that room will believe utterly in evolution. Utterly, absolutely, 98 out of 100. And that's in the whole world. Who are the other two dudes, by the way, in the room that don't believe? Ouch. Like, yeah, I'm a scientist, that's right. But I'm not falling for that evolution thing. <laughs> like, can they even add, do the, like, do they even know pi? Are they actually scientists at that point? I don't know, but I do know there's only two of them in the room. The other 98 are going to yell at them. What about regular people or biologists? Forget about that. What about regular people though? What about regular people, maybe like you sitting out there? What are the numbers about regular people? Not like light people, priests and priestesses, not the scientists. But what about regular people today as far as belief in evolution goes? Well, here's a set of United States numbers that are more or less kind of unforgettable. You won't forget these numbers. They're going to be burned into your brain as you drive. Maybe you're listening to this on a bicycle. Well, a Pew Research poll tells us this about Americans. 68% of these people, I'm about to say, do not believe in evolution. 68% say evolution, no. Those people, Republicans. Well, that's a lot of people calling themselves Republicans that don't believe in evolution. Who saw that coming? I did not. So 30% of Republicans are like, yeah, yeah, I'm going with the man molecule theory of evolution. Democrats, who get ready. 57% of all Democrats believe in evolution. That's right. 40% of them chimed in at no way, no how. 57% of Democrats. I'm, I, no, I am not doing a mask table right now. A table telling us about who wears masks. Are we learn? Is, is this science? If you wear a mask, then you don't believe in evolution. Is that happening? That's not happening right now. <laughs> it feels like it's happening, but it's not actually happening. Democrats, 57% say, yeah. 
the man molecule into the salamander, into the ape, that happened. What about independence? What about independent people? I'm picturing, maybe I'm picturing your buddy who never agrees to anything you say. He's oppositionally defiant. And then that just follows over like maybe, maybe when you guys are smoking cigars, he's smoking a pipe. Or maybe, you know, when you go skiing, he stays and refuses to get on skis. I, I don't know about skiing or maybe he's the guy who wears the really short shorts at the, at the basketball court when everyone else is wearing regular shorts. He's an independent man. He does his own thing. What do they say about evolution? 61% of those people say that evolution is true. So what the heck, man? 30%, like Republicans come dragging their knuckles in at 30%. Does that make them, I mean, that's nuts. I, those are Americans. Who knew what's happening there? You think that's changed? That's a little bit of an old poll. You think that changed maybe during COVID? I don't know. But evolution, man, evolution is interesting. Don't you want to know about other countries? I do. Because the whole follow the science thing? I, who's following? I mean, Republicans clearly aren't following the science. Or maybe <laughs> evolution is like not quite a science. Um, let's keep going. England. Want to hear about England? 69% of Britons believe that humans evolved from the man molecule. What about India? India, 77% more than England. A lot of people say, historically, that this makes sense because Hinduism allows for a certain type of morphing in the face that the gods present to people. So there's a kind of a natural evolutionary notion already wound up in their Hinduism, which is very fascinating. But maybe that helped to explain why a pretty old world country is pretty accepting of evolution. Or another way to ask or to think of it is maybe the new worlders, the light people, evangelism has worked. What about Norway? Talk about light people, 83% of all Norwegians say, oh yeah, I'm all in on evolution. Yeah, oh yeah, they're in. Russia, 65% of Russians accept the theory of evolution. 26% say total denial. Total denial, that's pretty high. Getting up there, close to those crazy conservatives, right? How about West Africa? Where First Things does some work. What do you think the numbers from West Africa are? I'm going to give them to you right now. You ready? Here we go. Polls from West Africa that talk about evolution and what people believe. Here there are the numbers right now. Yeah, there aren't any. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find any numbers. Apparently, uh, I don't know. Light people gave up trying to ask African people what they thought about evolution. And instead, all my searches 
whenever I went to go look for a pole from, I don't know, Africans, all I kept finding was like Lucy, right? Lucy, the little like half human skeleton creature. Again and again, Lucy, 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 half the half human skeleton that's found in like the heartland of mankind. That's all I could keep finding information about because nobody apparently has asked Africans if they think evolution is true, ironically, right? Because that's where the uh, light people say that evolution started, at least human evolution. So nobody seems to be asking Africans their views on evolution. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, uh, Why? I don't know. Maybe uh, they don't trust their answers. That's what I think is going to happen. Because if I were to ask about evolution in Africa, which I can and have, um, most people don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And the idea that the kids who go to school, the idea that they have to accept the man molecule concept, it doesn't go down, swallow so easy. Uh, it's a mixed bag, as in there is no, very few people who believe in Africa and evolution. They'll tell you, they'll tell you about it. But no. Yeah. I don't know. What about Guatemalans and other places we work? Guatemalans. Well, someone did ask them. That's right. It turns about half of Guatemalans exactly believe that they are descended from monkeys. The other half, the Mayan half, by the way, are sticking to their guns about being carved out of wood by grandmother and grandfather co-creators of the Mayan divinity, of the Mayan sky, the divine sky. So the grandmother and grandfathers who were bequeathed by the heavenly sky divinity deity, they carved people out of wood. I didn't say mud, but if I had, then you would have been hearing about a different origin story. So what have we learned so far during this rant about evolution? What are we learning from these polls? We've learned that very few people have ever believed in any kind of theory of evolution that makes human descendants, right, come from a holy molecule. We've learned that 1% of historical humanity, the 1% who do believe in evolution, also conveniently believe that they are the most evolved creatures to ever grace the face of the earth. And I don't say that maliciously, It's just how evolution works. We, the last iteration, are the chosen people. By definition, we are the tip of the evolutionary spear. And the tip of the spear, as the purpose of all that has ever existed, as the spear tip of perfection, it seems we, the tip of the spear, value the property of sharpness. We trust our ability to be sharper than everyone who has ever come before us. What a shocker that we think that way. And that leads me to another thought. What if the new 1% are just doing what everyone else called human has ever done? What if the new 1%ers, the super spreaders of the enlightenment, what if they've just created their own origin story with their own brains as the gods of creation. What if the 1% is groping for meaning by groping for missing bones? 
bones that link their beautiful brains to all the answers of the universe? What if the new 1% is projecting themselves onto the canvas of their own past and in turn creating a narrative about their existence that makes them the hero in their own story? Mm. Sound crazy? Not scientific enough? I mean, there's scientific proof for the truth of evolution, right? Well, what if I told you that evolution was becoming a thing long before Darwin discovered it? What if we were to learn that evolution was born in the hearts of some pretty rebellious people who lived long before Darwin and any, quote, evidence existed? What if people who we might think of today as oppositionally defiant were also the authors of a philosophy that Darwin would simply term evolution. And that's what I want to get into in part two next week on this Watar podcast. We're going to take a look. People like Erasmus Darwin, mm -hmm. Rene Guanon, something called Chileism, Christian evolutionism, and a guy named Teilhard de Chardin right, and his Catholic theology. And, and, and basically, he's sort of to Catholic theology what Elon Musk is to monetary policy, which is scary, okay? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that today I wanted to introduce some numbers on evolution and get you thinking about it and wondering aloud, is this guy crazy? Is he trying to say evolution's like a religion is the old world concept of like mud made into a man and then a rib made into a woman somehow equal to evolution. Yeah. Let's check it out next week. We're going to try to figure this stuff out in evolution. Part two, we're going to figure out just what these one percenters are actually all about. It'll be fun. We might get canceled. Can you get canceled for evolution talk? It's possible. Uh, it feels possible. Um, but maybe not. Or maybe you just get lumped in like Uncle Seth's going to do. Uncle Seth's going to lump me in with the guys who have Jesus riding uh, like a pterodactyl or a raptor. Have you seen those? Yeah, I, those museums that you can find dotted throughout our fine country, usually in places called red states, those museums where Jesus rides dinosaurs, no, I'm not doing that next week. We're going to talk about the epistemology, the ontology, and the anthropology that kind of sits behind the evolutionary door number one. It should be interesting. On Watar. So, Gagi Marjos, Shenny's Gagi Marjos. That's to you, the victory. It's often said at a KP table. We're going out to have a KP, by the way. What we did is finished up our course on Christianity, communism, and capitalism. And that very cool group of people were all invited to have a amazing Georgian dinner. And guess what? We're doing it at a home of one of our very cool people who have decided to take us all in and throw a giant party 
to commemorate really kind of the unmasking of, of the human COVID self, but also to remember all the bounty given us and to raise some awareness for First Things Foundation. So that's coming up out in North Dakota, thanks to Josh and Sarah. Gagi Marjos, that's our pod. Water is produced by Andrew Schwark and Daniel Paternos. And our prod is brought to you by the creators of First Things Foundation. That's a nonprofit. We work and live in some of the world's toughest neighborhoods where we go to serve alongside folks who want to stay and make their home and their community amazing. We simply assist them in their vision for a new and interesting life. Share Watar with friends. Hit us up with solid reviews on iTunes and everywhere you get your podcasts. Your love for us allows us to love and serve others. Nakwamdi's hasta luego, Kambufo. Peace out. <laughs>